Hello, and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace. Today's conversation is with Mads Higgins. We'll learn more about her story here soon. And in our conversation, um, she talks about vulnerability a lot. And there's a significant difference that we're going to hear. One, about how she was vulnerable in her youth. And that, was, that wasn't a good thing. It was, it was a way that, she, that other people used that against her in her vulnerability in her youth and her adolescence. But then when she met God and gave her life to Christ, she has a vulnerability that is so beautiful. She is willing to share, willing to say yes, willing to open up the hard parts of her life to others in order to serve them and help them see God. So I want you to look for that in this story um, and how, you know, the 180 that she said she does in her life, how God is taking those pieces of her, redeeming them and using him those for his purpose, which is her favorite thing to do. Before we start, can we yes. pray? Yes, we can. Okay. Do you mind if I pray? Please do. All right. Um, Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this opportunity. Um, and I just ask that anything that would be said tonight, Lord, that if it's not your words, that it mm-hmm. wouldn't stick, that it would fall on dry ground, God. And anything that would be your words, Lord, um, just help us to be able to facilitate that conversation, God. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, this is all just for your glory and your credit. Um, but we get to take so much joy joy in that, Lord. So we just, we offer this up to you as a, as a sacrifice and as an altar for your goodness, Lord. And we just ask um, that you will use it. You'll use it for your good. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, Mads. Hi. I'm Audrey. Hi, Audrey. Nice I'm to meet you. Madison, but I go by Mads. That's awesome. Any reason or history there? So this is actually really funny. I was just listening to Lenny's yes. podcast. We grew up together. Nuh-uh. We did. And you both grew up as? Um, Maddie's. Yes. And so um, I always had, there were always Maddie's everywhere. Okay. Like something about 90s parents. Yeah. I or agree early with you. 2000s. They mm-hmm. were like the name Madison or Madeline. Yep. There had That's to a be like a, a, t- a TV show or movie where that was. Maybe Baby Book. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for the good majority of growing up, I was a Maddie. And then um, really. You know, as I became a Christ follower, I just felt like such a different person. Mm. For me, it was a complete 180. Mm. Um, and so that name didn't mm-hmm. feel like me. You know, you see Jesus giving the um, the apostles or at that time the disciples um, new names mm-hmm. because that's how much they're new people. Mm-hmm. And so um, when she started going by Lenny, mm-hmm. I started going by Mads. I love that. Yeah. And so it's fitting and and I love it. I mean, it's not it's not very often that you hear that. And so right. when I hear Mads, I know someone's talking it's to so me you. rather than a Maddie. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I grew up in Audrey, okay. which in my generation, nobody else was named Audrey. There was 80-year-olds cool. named Audrey. And now there's like 8-year-olds named Audrey. But mm-hmm. no, ain't no one else in their 40s named Audrey, unless you are one. Shout out to me. But <laughs> I never had anybody else with my name. So mm-hmm. quite the opposite. I always felt like who am I? Like, <laughs> I want to have a name like everybody else. Yeah. So no matter what our name is, you know, there's some kind, there can be strife. There doesn't have course. to be, but yeah. I love my name now. You love yeah. your name now. Yes. 
let's do it. Awesome. Well, so cool to meet you and very excited by your energy and looking forward to hearing about your life story. So help me understand your origin. What was your um, childhood like? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so um, I grew up with Lenny. We grew up in Mogador. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was a couple years younger than me, so we weren't like super duper close. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I grew up in Mogador. My fun fact in college was always that I grew up in a 2.2 square mile town. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, icebreakers, they're like, one fun fact. Yep. And mine was like, a um, super small town. Graduating class, I think of like uh, 65 maybe. Wow, yeah. Um, so the same people that you were in kindergarten with yep. were the same people you graduated mm-hmm. with. Um, and so it is very much the small town traditional vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows each other. Um, and the worst part of it, everybody wants to know each other's you, business. Okay. Yep. Got and that. so two sides um, of the coin. Yeah. So very small town. Um, I grew up in a family. I always like to say I grew up around God, but not mm-hmm. in God. Okay. Um, it was never. That. It was never. We never went to church because we wanted to seek a relationship with the Lord. Uh, we went to church because my grandpa was a pastor. Okay. And we went, you know, because it was just the thing that we did on Sundays. But it was never, I never learned anything. I never grew. I never felt any type of urge. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents weren't very into having, like, a very Christ-centered relationship. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we grew up around God, but mm-hmm. I never grew up in God. Um, and... I would say starting probably, I mean, it's followed me my, my whole life, but starting really mainly in eighth grade, I really started struggling with like my body image. Mm. Um, and that kind of led to, at the time, I'm sure you remember like, what would that have been? 2010, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. There were all these fad diets everywhere. Like yes. it was the real start of these diets. Yes. And so like South Beach comes to mind. Adkins. Yeah. You know, all these really crazy like bars. Unhealthy. Yeah. All um, branded too. Yes, very yeah. well. Um, and so I really started um, diving into exercise mm. and um, kind of health food, but it was not in a healthy way. No. Um, and so it was such a big weakness and insecurity of mine that it that's kind of where it started, but it just really took over from eighth grade all the way to, I would really say, like, my second year of college. Wow. Um, and so being somebody who has always just felt on the outsides of what society's picture of, you know, beauty or mm. attraction was, it left me very vulnerable to certain types of people. Mm. And so um, in ninth grade, at the end of ninth grade, I got into a relationship. At the time, it was good, you know young love. Mm. Um, and we were together actually for four years, all of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started out, like I said, great. Um, but as time went on, uh, it slowly became more toxic. Okay. Um, and you know, when you're in that, a 15 year old, um, like yeah, blinders. Absolutely. I, it, it's such an important time of your life where your brain is growing. And so I thought it was normal the way I was being treated. Mm. Um, and not to get like too much into it, but it was very much um, manipulation. Mm. There was never any um, like physical violence, but mm-hmm. very isolating, mm-hmm. um, gaslighting, those types of you know words that are now never even heard back then. But right now, thank right God, now, our they're such hot topic words. But you know, really, truly, that's what that relationship was. It was. Um, 
as I was growing up, already feeling so insecure about myself and mm-hmm. my body and my identity really, truly was the heart of it. Okay. Um, it allowed me in such a terrible way to wrap my identity around him mm-hmm. or the idea of me in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, of course, from both parts, I'm sure, as before Christ, so I'm sure I wasn't a healthy contributor to the relationship okay. either. Um, but it was very much like, well, if you don't love me, you're never going to love, no one else is going to love you mm-hmm. again. Nobody's going to love you like me. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the time, I, I was isolated. So I okay. didn't have any friends to talk to about mm-hmm. it. And um, I didn't really recognize how unhealthy and abusive it was until after, like a year after. Mm. Um, we broke up. And so it was about, I would say, halfway through 2019, um, we broke up. And when you wrap your entire identity around someone, mm-hmm. uh, especially someone who, like I said, I was insecure, so I was very vulnerable to people yeah. who noticed that I was longing for love. Mm. Um, and he, I think, saw that and... Um, was looking for some type of power maybe, I don't mm. know. Um, but yeah, it became very manipulative and very abusive. Um, and like I said, at the time I didn't know Jesus. And so we were doing all of the wrong things. Mm. Um, and you know, it just, it became also um, something that's supposed to be so beautiful yeah. and intimate yeah. uh, became a weapon yeah. and um, so towards the end of our relationship, there was a lot of, um, like, sexual abuse. Mm. It was pretty heavy for an 18-year-old. Right. You were also an adolescent. Yes, who, a child. Like you said, yeah, was still maturing and growing and trying to understand things. Had never, I don't know, been through any of this stuff no. before. And, no. And I imagine with that level of manipulation, there wasn't a great outlet for you to talk to these no. things or someone speaking truth into your life Absolutely. Either. And right. And so um, when we broke up, it was like my whole world crumbled. Mm -hmm. When you place your identity, really, and now that I know, when you place your identity in anything other than Christ, Mm -hmm. it will fail you. It absolutely will fail you. And so um, it failed me. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of really trying to work out, okay, so now this person was in my life every single day to I never see them. Their family was my family. Mm -hmm. Like my family's never been super close. Um, We kind of grew up like you know that I love you. I don't need to tell you. Gotcha. Classic. Um, if there, yeah. <laughs> if there's um, something going on at home, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's just not talk about it. Let's not fight about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother really struggles um, mentally. He has bipolar disorder. So okay. there was this like environment of black and white, right? So it was one extreme or the other. There okay. was never any in between. So all of that together. Is he older or younger than He's you? He's older. So that was just a precedent that was always yeah. av- in your environment. Yeah. And again, you didn't know any other life. No, so no. it felt normal. It felt yep. just like a so dynamic. It's, you know, be growing up in that, it was normal that my brain was searching for that kind of companionship. So mm-hmm. um, fast forward, right? So this relationship ends. I'm in college. Your first year of college, that's hard. Talk about vulnerable. Yeah. I'm away You're from home just for the a first naked time. person in the middle of a field waiting yeah, to see what kind get, of weather comes. Exactly. You get really ownership over your choices mm-hmm. for the first time. And um, so I went a little crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then about halfway through my freshman year of college, um, my parents got divorced. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my mom found out that my dad had been having an affair. Okay. Um, and it was not the first time, which mm. I didn't know. Um, and so there was not any reconciliation to be had. Um, and mm. so they got a divorce, right? So my last foundation mm. of really who I thought my parents were, yeah. who I thought my dad was, was gone. Yep. And so really, truly, I had nothing. Whoa. Okay. Um, pretty intense. I look back on that time and I'm like, it's so interesting because I know that God was already working in me and for me at that time um, because it just was, it was dark. It was yeah. really dark. Um, and I was searching for anything to fill the the emptiness mm-hmm. that I felt. Were you so, away at college? Like you were on campus, away from your home, so also out of your small town where everybody knew everybody. Now mm-hmm. you're a small fish in probably, I don't know where. Yeah, you, I where went did to you Kent. Go to? Okay, big um, pond. Yeah, very mm-hmm. big pond. And um, I actually stayed on campus my mm-hmm. first two years because um, I just really craved to be out, mm-hmm. to be out of that environment. Um, I like to call it a pressure cooker. I feel like the mm-hmm. environment that I grew up was a pressure cooker. Okay. It just was so intense and so mm-hmm. small all of the time. So I just mm-hmm. wanted relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I was in a really, really dark place. Mm. Um, and my one of my best friends growing up, her name's Delaney, um, she started following Christ, I would say probably about seriously in 10th grade. And mm. um, she was really the person that stuck by me when she shouldn't have. Mm. Like, really, I look back on that time and I'm like, I don't, you loved me when I did not deserve to be mm-hmm. loved the way that I was treating people and myself. Like, right. really, truly, um, she was just showing Christ to me. But she invited me to a conference um, and in Canton. I don't know if you've ever heard of Love is Red. No. So this is huge, huge oh, conference. It's red. Okay. Yes. Um, and it's for middle school through college. Really, the heart of it is is high schoolers. Okay. Um, she she invited me to it, and um, I had every excuse in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to work. Like I, I really did have to work. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that mm-hmm. wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't trying to get out of it yeah, for this you, god. You were stre- stretching yourself to. Yeah. Right. And at the time, like, really and truly. I did not feel worthy of love. In my brain, there was no way, no way anything or anyone could unconditionally love me. Mm. That wasn't something I thought I deserved or mm. was worth of. And um, so this, the whole God thing was like, it's not that I didn't believe that God potentially could exist, but I just didn't believe that he existed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... She was like, hey, come to this conference with me, right? And I was like, well, I got to work. Well, wouldn't you know, my boss texted me right after that and said, hey, I worked at a library. He was like, hey, we're super slow. It's a Friday night. Don't come in. You're good. Whoa. And so you jumped right into the conference or just kept the... No, of course not. ...kept that secret from Delaney? (laughs) No, I told her, I was like, well, you know, I don't have to work anymore, but I couldn't lie to her. Mm. Like, she loved me so well, I just Mm. couldn't lie to her. And I was like, you know, but I don't have the money to go. That was not the truth. (laughs) And she was like, well, I actually already paid for your ticket. I'll pick you up. Come on, Delaney, let's go. She was like, I already picked, I already, you know, paid for your ticket. I'll pick you up. Let's go. So I'm like, fine. (laughs) And so um, the first night, it was it was great. And um, for me, it was just the first time that I saw people enjoying worshiping God, like really, truly loving getting to be in an environment and to hear from God. It was 
groundbreaking for me mm. um, because before it had been legalistic. Okay. You know, it had been you do this way because um, that's what God says. Yeah. And really there's no if ands, buts One way about street. It. Yep. Yeah. Um, so very legalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, it was so different. And so, believe it or not, that was not the night that I accepted Christ. Okay. You know, it was groundbreaking, but it was scary. Mm. It was like... Intimacy, maybe, that you mm-hmm. weren't accustomed to. Yes, right? So my family never grew up being intimate, mm-hmm. really, with each other, um, you know, vulnerable and talking about our feelings. And um, so it scared me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why are these people raising their hands? Like, why are people jumping up and down? Why are people crying? Yeah. Like, what's what's going on? Whoa. Yeah. Um, and but I, I stuck with it. I knew I knew that there was something there. Mm-hmm. I just knew that these people felt free. Mm-hmm. And I felt so I felt like I was at a bottom of a pit. Hmm. Just a complete bottom of a pit screaming for someone to help me out. Mm -hmm. And I knew that potentially, hey, everybody here is really nice. I'm going to come back. Mm -hmm. So the next day we came back, I heard an incredible message, and it it moved me. I wasn't in, but it moved me. Mm -hmm. Um, And we went to a Books A Million because Delaney's like, I'm going to buy you a Bible. Ah. She said, I'm going to buy you a Bible. Um, Don't worry about it. All I want you to do is just one day buy a Bible for someone else. There we go. Uh Uh-huh. And so... Um, she bought me a Bible and I was like, you know what? Like I'll buy a devotional. I love to read. Mm -hmm. I'll do this. And, um, I was just looking at all the pretty ones, right? Mm -hmm. Naturally as a girl, you're like, you're like, what, you know, what aesthetically matches Mm -hmm. me, you know? Um, and so I picked up this blue, little blue, um, devotional and, um, I was just kind of flipping through it and my heart stopped on this page and it said, um, the day my father left me. Mm. And it really so truly deeply spoke to how I felt yeah. in that moment. It gave me words and vocabulary for something that I I couldn't express myself. Mm-hmm. I'd felt abandoned. I'd felt um, like no one loved me enough to stick around. Mm. And in that moment, it was like God was meeting me. In the middle of this bookstore, mm. he was meeting me to tell me, you're not alone in this. Mm. Not only have other people gone through it, but I've seen them through it. Mm-hmm. And it was truly like right there <laughs> in that bam, the books a million, God was, his presence was just so tangible to me. So right there, Dropped to my knees, I started crying, and I accepted Christ right there. And so you had just gone to the Friday night conference, mm-hmm. to the Saturday conference, mm-hmm. and then was it that still that Saturday? It was still that, that Saturday. You were at BAM. Yep. And that page it just, drew you to your knees. Yep. I had felt I was, like I said, I was screaming for someone to save mm-hmm. me, screaming up from this, you know, the bottom of this pit, and it was like, in that moment. Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I'm not going to get you out of the pit. I'm in the pit with mm. you. You just didn't notice. Mm-hmm. It's like I turned around and, and he was in the pit with me. Yeah. Not trying to get me out, but in there with me. The whole time. And it was um, all I needed in that moment. Hmm. And so my life uh, really, truly just took such a 180, like overnight. Mm-hmm. Um of course, I had so many different uh, habits that I'm still working sure, on, sure. you know, fixing. Uh, but I was just on, I mean, I had nothing, right? I went from having nothing to having everything, mm. absolutely everything. And you were able to see that. 
you know, I was, I think not in the way that I can um, articulate it now. Of course. But at the time, it was like I could, I had breath. I finally Mm. could breathe again. Um, And I experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time during that weekend. And it was, you know, so I, I kept asking God, I think, during that time, like, if you are real, I know I'm not supposed to test you, but I just need you to show me that you are. Like, I need to feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he showed up and has been showing up ever mm-hmm. since. And so um, it really was a 180 overnight. Um, I went from <laughs> accepting Christ to in two weeks started interning at a church. Like, it was Wow. It was quick. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've been learning and, and I've had to kind of um, figure out what a um, relationship looks like in the plateaus mm. rather than these huge, you know, highs mm-hmm. and, and, and lows. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's how I met Christ. How long ago were you standing in that Books a Million? That would have been 2019. And actually something really cool happened the next year. So, like I said, I was all in. Once I was in, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, to me, because and, – and this is how I can look back on this story with so much love and, and gratefulness mm-hmm. for, for God. Um, I had to be in a place where I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I had to be down to my bare studs mm-hmm. um, because I think that there would have been no other way for me to meet God. Mm-hmm. None. And um, – I'm so and so incredibly grateful for that. But fast forward a year in 2020, nope, yeah, 2020, right before the lockdown, mm-hmm. um, I had decided, I felt the Lord uh, really pressing into me to um, to go again with this group of, of friends from high school. So they were younger than me. We were in drama together. And um, I remember one of a couple of them actually accepting Christ at the conference and going and praying with them mm-hmm. and um, then stepping back and letting them have their moment. And it felt like the world went silent and, and God was just like, this is what you're meant to do. Mm. Like I've been shaping you. I've been forming you. Your testimony is meant to, you know, reach the the people that don't think they should be in a church that mm. are too damaged or too ruined to be in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that time I was like, I'm going to do this thing full blast. So I started working for a church for about two years. Okay. Um, and then, you know, made the decision for lifelong ministry, occupational ministry. Okay. Uh, it's looking different every day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but so at the same conference, a year before I accepted Christ in my life, the next year I devoted my entire life to serving Christ. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, if that doesn't show his, his goodness and yeah. his power, if you just kind of Really give in mm-hmm. to to what your body is like craving, mm-hmm. what what your body wants. Um, how much God can do with just a year, mm-hmm. which makes me so grateful that you know that was at twenty. I'm twenty four now, and um, I just can't wait to see all the things that you know God does not only in my life but everybody around me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said before we started that you work with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I have a feeling there's like this ultimate connection mm-hmm. that you're able to have with them because of what your teenage years looked like. Tell me what, what you do now, how you serve them, and how yeah. you see like full circle moments come together there. Yeah. So the main way I serve is in youth. I always I, – I love mentoring um, and really just getting to walk beside someone in the middle of high school because high school is – it's tough. It's mm-hmm. a tough time. 
Um, and so I, I love doing that. Um, I actually went to school for education, so I have a degree in um, high school English. Okay. Um, so I was teaching for a while, um, and so I'm subbing now mm -hmm. um, just because I'm really trying to just be so flexible mm -hmm. to be able to jump on any opportunity I feel like God Predetermined, is Predetermined, yes, yes, if you will. Yes. Um, and so... That, that's a way that I, I work in influence teens. And that's it's different because you're not really allowed to talk about God okay. in school. Okay. Um, but I am allowed to love him like Jesus. You can live a heck of a lot like him. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And, I, you know, there were, there were students asking me, you know, I, I remember this one student. Um, she had just found out, man, it's so tough. She had just found out her mom had stage four cancer. Oh, gosh. I, as a 10th grader. Like, how do you, mm. I can't imagine going through high school without my mom. Right. And so I just remember like, you know, noticing a change in her attitude and being like, hey, you know, what's going on? Like, I'm here if you want to talk. If not, I get it. Mm -hmm. um, but I am here if you want to talk. And she hadn't even told me about her mom at that time. And I remember her peeking her head in um, during lunch one day and, you know, her coming in and talking to me about it. And, you know, she went to leave and she said, I don't know how, but you saw me when no one else did. Oh, Wow. And I'm like, well, you know, I know how. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a name. His name is God. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want to talk about it, if that's something that you're ever interested in in listening to, I'm here for you. Mm. So it was just a really, really cool opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I work I work with teens in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then really discipling and mentoring and um, kind of serving, mm -hmm. serving with teenagers. It's been... Such an incredible um, opportunity to see the way that God is using my testimony to mm -hmm. uh, really let women, young women, feel seen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because kind of like jumping back, domestic abuse in high school is really, really high. Whoa. It happens a lot. Um, I don't remember the exact stats on it, but... I was going through training for school, mm -hmm. and in one of my psychology classes, they talked about like, um, you know, relational abuse in high school is huge. It's wow. you know, and it's so hard for girls to talk about because you're with somebody who says that they love you, mm -hmm. and so then you just accept. Well, maybe this is how adult relationships are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, without God, of of course, you know, you you cling to that person as your source of identity, mm -hmm. and so. Um, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've had conversations with girls where, right, I've been able to be vulnerable and open and say, hey, listen, like, I have walked in your shoes. Um, I have been in the same places that you've been. And not only did God love me through it and see me out of it, um, but he has turned all of it for good, mm -hmm. all of it. And um, you're not broken. You're not tarnished. Mm -hmm. God still wants you just as much. Um, as anybody else who hasn't made the same mistakes or hasn't been mm -hmm. in the same situations that you've been in. So it has been, yeah, just so incredible seeing the way that God took something that was so hard and, I mean, bad. It's, it was just yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and used it for his good. Mm -hmm. All right. So we heard how you came to Christ. Mm -hmm. How did you come to Grace? Yeah. So um, Lenny. She invited me um, to come to Collective. That's kind of the main area that I'm plugged mm -hmm. in. Um, and I was 
okay with it, you know? I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try this out, but I just didn't, um, I didn't go to Grace full time. And so I was, you know, a little more focused on um, small, small C church mm-hmm. versus kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt a little iffy about it, but there's really no um, young adults at, at my church. So mm-hmm. um, I was like, eh, well, maybe, we'll see. And then I started coming, and um, that was probably in the beginning of last year. Okay. Um, and honestly, at first, like, I didn't love it. I felt like everybody here, like, loved each other so much mm. that it kind of, you know, felt a little bit on the outside. Hard to break into. Yes. A little yeah. bit like school could be and yeah. that awkward, where do I sit in the cafeteria? Yeah. And it was never intentional. Everybody here mm-hmm. always made me feel, uh, like, at Collective, always made me feel very welcomed. Mm-hmm. But it was, I was searching for more. Like, I needed deep, genuine mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a conversation with one of the leaders, Haley, and she said to me, she just said, hey, why don't you just keep coming back? Like, you know, give it some time and start really, like, plugging yourself in. Like, be willing to plug yourself yeah. in. Um, don't wait for anybody to do it for yep. you. And I was really convicted by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then really fall retreat this last year was when I really felt like I had deep connections with people. I mean, you spend all weekend together, yeah. you know, like for a whole 48 hours or more. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you know what we get up to a collective during You know, to be weekend. a fly on the wall, that yeah, would be so fun. But, I mean, listen, lack of sleep is only the beginning. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I think I got a total hours of, like, potentially 10 hours of sleep the whole weekend. Wow, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and it was just because we were, you know, got – there's something that happens, and this mm. is the same exact way that I feel like with the conference mm. that, that I accepted Christ in. There's something so truly magnificent that happens when you devote your whole focus to God. Mm-hmm. Like really, truly, okay, I'm going to take this whole weekend to just focus on you. Because um, what God can do with your focus, it's it's way more and abundantly more than he can do with any type of skill set, mm-hmm. uh, with any type of knowledge. With your focus, man, just step back and wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. And so um, in that area where we're all so not distracted by yeah. by anything else, um, God really does big things. And so I just remember having all of these really amazing, in-depth conversations and uh, feeling just the, the presence of God so heavily um, that now, you know, coming to Collective on Thursday nights is is an absolute, like, I just got a new job, um, and I was like, I'm not working Thursday nights, you know, this is, I found real true um, community, I was so longing for that, Um, and real deep accountability with people, I've never had um, a a friendship, I'm currently in a friendship with with this woman, and we, um, we're accountability partners yeah. in a real way. Like, what does that mean for you? Like for me, it bit. means like let's be really super honest about what sin we're struggling with, yeah. and let's not sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let nothing be off limits when we speak to each mm-hmm. other, and be really truly honest because we found that we both struggle with the same things. And um, being able to work through something with someone you trust so deeply, and know that they they totally and completely understand because they're Mm -hmm. in it too. It just brings um, such life Mm -hmm. into such dark 
like sinful places. Mm -hmm. And so for me, accountability is just being super honest with each other and then borrowing each other's faith. Mm -hmm. When needed. And Satan would love for you to stay alone in those dark spaces. That's where he has power. But Mm -hmm. when you speak it to someone else who's going to speak truth, like there's going to be the day that she speaks more truth and you're struggling and then Mm -hmm. you'll flip the script and you'll be able to feed back to her. And that's, that's literally like being Jesus for one another yeah. and speaking speaking yeah. life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm curious if you feel like you have a special gift to see people like you in a crowd. Maybe you're at a service, maybe you're at a conference, maybe you're um, just at the weekend at, or collective or, or standing in the grocery line. I don't know mm-hmm. where it may be. Do you feel like you have that ability to see people who felt like you and draw them into circles? It's really interesting that you bring this up because uh, kind of understanding um, spiritual gifting and just like my pocket of what I believe God has gifted me in mm-hmm. is something that I have really been in recently. Um, because I want, I want so deeply just to be a vessel for God, mm-hmm. and I understand that He has created me with specific skill sets um, and gifts mm-hmm. to to be able to reach a certain demographic of people. Mm-hmm. And I would say, yeah, I mean, no, in all humility, um, I think that the Lord has really given me the gift of articulation. Um, and, and, and being able to discern discernment is like Mm -hmm. one of my, one of my Mm -hmm. spiritual gifts to be able to discern and see what people need, like a push, not in like a hostile way. I hear Um, you. But, but for me to just be like, Hey, if this doesn't resonate with you, that's totally fine. But you know, I really, I really feel this and, um, I'm here for you. Sometimes it's, Hey, I'm praying. Like, can I pray with you right now? Um, you know, it happens a lot during like worship moments um, where I can just feel the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. pressing into me, like, go pray with this person, they mm-hmm. need it. Um, or, you know, there was this girl that, that came to youth and I could just see so many traits of myself in her, mm. um, kind of what you were saying. Yeah. It was like um, she started glowing brighter mm-hmm. and I was attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a conversation with her and I was like, noticing some her being a little timid about mm-hmm. talking to me. So I just told her my story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if you resonate with this, but I'm going to be really open and honest. Like, I am a survivor of sexual assault. And mm-hmm. if that's something you ever struggle with, like, I'm here. And she just breaks down because uh, it was something that she was walking through yeah. at that time. And I believe the Lord just, like, made her glow brighter in my eyes mm-hmm. um, where I just, you know, felt like I just had to, mm-hmm. I had to go. Um, because someone did that for me. Someone yes. loved me when I when I was, um, you know, so dead in sin, and she pointed me right yeah. right to Jesus. And it's yeah, it's the the biggest blessing um, to be able to mm-hmm. get to see that. Yeah, you know, get to really see God working mm-hmm. and moving in relationships and people. Those divine nudges. Yes. Just those promptings. Yes. And then the predetermined yes that we talked about. So like just knowing that you're you're going to say yes to it. All right, Lord, if you show me somebody, I'm going to step into that space. Yes. And I'm going to say the hard thing. Yes. Or I'm going to, you know, follow, spirit lead me. And yeah. like, you know that you're walking in his yes. strength and not your own. Yeah. I, um, you know, one of my really strong intentions for um, this this next year is bold 
obedience mm-hmm. is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I like a predetermined yes as well. Yeah. Um, but I call it bold, bold obedience, meaning like if I feel I have the incredible blessing of really feeling the Holy Spirit. Like to me, um, the Holy Spirit is so present and intangible and, and, and I see him in just the smallest of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't love when people say like, oh, well, you're looking for God in everything. Of course I am. Yeah. God is my everything. Yeah. So in everything, I look for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just feel, you know, so great for that. But yeah, it's seeing and listening to the prompting and just I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because I understand what's on the other side of my no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and not by Oof. any means. Can you say that again? Yeah. I I say yes because I understand what's on the other side of my no. Whoa, um, that's a, that's a powerful statement. I had this I had this moment. Um, I would say probably in 2022, where I felt a nudging to to check up on somebody from high school I'd never spoken to, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare for a small a small town. Um, like I think I had spoken to him, you know, maybe once or twice, and he was older than me, um, and and I ignored it. And um, I found out a couple weeks later that uh, he had committed suicide. No. And I, I totally understand in the most healthiest version mm-hmm. of, um, of my mind that, you know, there's no way I could have impacted yeah. that. But um, I understand now what's on mm-hmm. my other side of my no. Mm-hmm. I just remember being like, how do, how do people go through this without Jesus? Like, if I could have even just introduced in some type of way that he was seen and loved mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I yeah. wouldn't know yeah and I don't and I don't wrestle with the impact sure. of someone else's decisions sure. um, but I do know that I will never I'll never take a yes for granted again mm-hmm. um, and so for me it's bold obedience it's saying okay thank you thank you that you speak to me so clearly I understand that that is a gift. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna squander it. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna use it. And so I say yes, yeah. even to the silliest of things. <laughs> you really have to be willing to um, not be afraid to to look silly, mm-hmm. to look dumb, um, because an upside down kingdom does look dumb to people who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. It does look like the wrong decision because it's so backwards. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you reminded me of the lyrics of a song. Old school song, Christian uh, worship song, Give Me Your Eyes. Have you ever heard this song? Mm, I have give, not. Give I love me, music, though. Yes. Yeah, so I'll send you a link to this song later. But Give Me Your Eyes for Just One Second. Give Me Your Eyes, capital yours. So like, mm, yeah. Jesus, give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. And it goes oh. on to say more things of that nature. Wow. But like, that can be your prayer. Like, Lord, give me your eyes in this room. Yeah, I, Help yeah. me to see people the way you see them and what they need. Absolutely. I mean, perspective, perspective is the majority mm-hmm. of, of how we live our lives um, and asking for his perspective. It mm-hmm. really, truly does change because one thing that I know <laughs> is that if you really, truly are earnestly seeking for God to speak to you or to show up for you, he will come through mm-hmm. every single time mm-hmm. as long as you have eyes to see That's right. what he's doing. And ears to hear. Yeah. That's right. And so That's I really right. resonate. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for, I'll have to listen to that. Well, now your turn. If you have one ready, do you have a favorite worship song to share with us? That is that is such a hard question I know because it is. I, um, 
worship is the way that God got to my heart. Yeah. Um, I've always loved music. Um, one song I really love, <clears throat> excuse me, one song that I really love right now is Good Plans by Red Rocks Worship. Have you heard it? I have not heard that song. Tell me about it. Uh, it's so good. It, it recently has just really um, repositioned me to see that God still has good plans, that he is not finished mm. with me yet. If I still have breath in my lungs, mm-hmm. he's still working and he's not done. Um, and so part of the song, one of my favorite lyrics, because um, he has good plans for me. So I will take heart in um, in graves and gardens. And so mm. it's like uh, in, in deserts, in gardens, in, in all of the complete opposite places, mm-hmm. I will remain steadfast because I know he has a plan. Mm -hmm. And um, that really has just been speaking to me Mm -hmm. as a um, (laughs) 24-year-old. The the 20s are the adolescence to adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a wise statement. Yeah, one of my uh, mentors always says that to me. She says, you know, you don't got to have it figured out because 20s are your Mm -hmm. adolescence to adulthood. You're really figuring it out. And so Mm -hmm. it's so easy to feel like time is running out. Mm. Um, But realistically, it it really is just the start. And so I have been repositioning myself Mm -hmm. to see that God has really good plans for me. Mm. And one more, just because I love love worship music. Um, I'm a huge Maverick City fan. I see your shirt, girl. I see it. I've been to their concerts. (laughs) Uh, Huge, huge fan of them. Um, More than just for their music, like they really choose truly do such a good job of letting the spirit just move. Right, the worship side of it. Yeah, they are really truly, I said vessels earlier, and I mean that. They're mm-hmm. vessels. They understand that their voice is, is completely and all for God, and mm-hmm. so they, that they let that happen. But one of their songs, um, you know, has been really speaking to me. It's called God Will Work It Out. Okay. Uh, it's really, really good. You're struggling at all with anything, or if not, or if you're in a really good place, uh, reminding yourself that, you know, the beginning lyrics go, before I knew my name, before I drew my breath, he was making ways for me. Mm. You know, and every step and every day, he, he's wake, making ways for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're, when you're feeling so lost or just caught up, mm-hmm. we get so caught up, right? Um, and so when you're feeling caught up, remembering that God will, God will and has worked it out for mm-hmm. you already. So those are two songs that are really, I'm really in love with. And it helps to relieve that pressure cooker you were talking about mm-hmm. too. There's a, there's a scripture in Psalms that talks about that, that God takes us to a spacious place. Mm-hmm. So when we're feeling anxious, he takes us to a spacious place. And yeah. that's the way you're describing so this music is that it takes away that, you know, the fears and the, what's my plan? What's my way? Yeah. I don't, I don't need to do that. No, he I already did it before I was even born. That's right. And, you know, I'm slowly learning that this whole idea of God's will for my life is not an action plan. Mm-hmm. It's not get the right job, get the right husband, get the right family. Um, it's who he's calling me to become. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, will as in, actions it's it's will as in sanctification mm-hmm. who are you calling me to co- become you're calling me to become more like you and so mm-hmm. um that is harder because mm-hmm. we want step by steps mm-hmm. um but he calls us to just day to day really truly sacrifice bold obedience bold obedience let's do it 2024 yeah. baby
looking forward to hearing what happens this year for you. I'm excited. And beyond it's going to be a good year. I, I have a feeling a big year. Awesome. Well, it's so cool to meet you, Mads. Thanks yeah, so much for thank sharing you so much your for story. Me. Hey, and guys, listen, if you've been hearing her story here and there's anything that resonates with you, she's willing and able to connect. You can tell that she is like glowing through the the sound waves coming to your ears. So if you want to reach out to us, we have a um, contact information here in the podcast, wherever you found us, uh, that you can reach out to us. We'll get you in touch with Mads. We'll get you in touch with anybody here on staff because that's why we do this yeah. is to share the stories of people of grace and how Jesus has worked in them and if there's any way we can connect to help you do that deeper she's here for you I'm here for you yeah would love it thanks so much thank you